didn't really have any <clears throat> specific uh, topic uh, on the list or anything uh, particular, particularly on my mind uh, as I knew I was going to be doing the sermon this, this morning. And so I thought about uh, one of the things that we talked a little bit about last week in class, and it was really a comment that I made, made then and, and one that I, I make uh, in our study at the Pines uh, from time to time. And that's talking about our temptation and that uh, what James, uh, the book of James in verse one, chapter 1, verse 14, tells us uh, about those temptations, specifically that each of us is tempted uh, when we're drawn away by our own desires. Uh, and thinking about that and, and kind of fleshing out some of that uh, this morning. So that's what we'll be doing. And so again, if you look at that passage, uh, we've, we've looked at that many times uh, in James chapter 1, but he's basically saying there that you know God's not the one that tempts us, uh, but that we're really tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires. And so none of us, I don't think, like to sin or want to sin in this room. I don't think anybody here wants to sin or uh, really likes to sin. Uh, and if you're like me, I don't even really like to be tempted to sin. Uh, but it's a fact of life, right? And so, in, in, in looking at what James tells us about our temptations coming from our desires, it makes me think of a question uh, and something for us to consider. Are our desires something that we have some control over? Uh, is, are our desires, are the desires that we have something that we can improve or change? Uh, or is it something that can be changed for the better or for the worse? And I think, you know, everyone here would say, yeah, if you think about it, we do have control over our desires. Um, and, and there are things we can do to, to improve our desires and change our desires. I think we do that in our life uh, with various things uh, each and every day. And so from a spiritual standpoint, that's what this lesson is going to be about, about thinking about what are our desires, what desires do we have that cause us to be tempted, uh, and how can we change those desires or, or desire the right things uh, so that we're not tempted uh, to do the wrong things. And really, you know, the answer to it all uh, is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 there on the Sermon on the Mount, to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, that, if that is our only desire, the kingdom of God and, and the righteousness of God and to be righteous uh, in God's sight, then we won't have any temptations, right? I mean, that, that would be the perfect answer. But us uh, being who we are have to work through and struggle with having these wrong desires and overcoming them and changing them to be the right desires. And so... You know, Jesus' uh, teaching there is an encouragement to us and an exhortation to us, you know, and a commandment to us that, that that is what we are to be doing, is seeking first the kingdom of God. This, uh, this idea of looking at our own desires and thinking about what they are and how they can be improved on really starts with the concept of examining ourselves and self-examination. You know, the, this... Uh, uh, you know, our desires, I guess sometimes with some sins, 
we can look at one another and maybe see how, you know, you may could look at me and see how I have gotten off track in a certain thing or, or what led me to sin. You know, you may could see through my words and my actions uh, what I was desiring and how, how that led me in the wrong direction. But for the most part, who knows what our desires really are? Uh, our friends or ourselves? It's really ourselves, right? And so we got to look at ourselves first. Uh, and that, that idea of self-examination uh, is something that is, you know, really throughout the Bible, but especially uh, in the New Testament and, and something we see us as Christians are supposed to be doing. Jesus taught uh, the principle of, of looking at yourself or examining yourself in the Sermon on the Mount uh, is one place where we see him uh, alluding to that. Matthew chapter 7. In verse 5, uh, this is the, the uh, passage here where, where he's talking about uh, not looking at uh, the speck in your brother's eye without looking at the plank first in your own eye. In verse 5, he says, Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay, And so we're all familiar with that passage and, and can see how that uh, ties back into self-examination. We're to look to ourselves, uh, examine our own lives, uh, and, and be sure that we are doing the right things. Uh, the passage, uh, Andrew, I don't think quite got to it in his reading there during the Lord's Supper, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Again, we can see here <clears throat> that this self-examination would be at least a weekly occurrence for us as Christians. Uh, we're observing the Lord's Supper every first day of the week in chapter 11 and verse 28. Uh, during those instructions that Paul is relaying to uh, uh, Corinth there, verse 28 says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And so, again, this concept of, of self-examination here being tied to the Lord's Supper, which we observe every first day of the week. And so, you know, we should be thinking and reflecting upon our own lives and how we've been living and, and uh, those type things during the Lord's Supper uh, as part of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, again talking about uh, examining ourselves, 2 Corinthians 13.5 <clears throat> says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? So Paul again in his second letter to Corinth uh, giving instructions there to examine yourselves and, and the same goes for our for our, us today, examine ourselves. I'm to examine myself uh, to see whether I'm in the faith. Test myself, you know, and we do that against God's scriptures and the things that He tells us to be, the desires that He tells us to have versus, you know, what we're actually doing and, and see if we line up with the will of God. <coughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me. In Galatians 6 and verse 4 is another passage. Um, about examining ourselves. 
Uh, it says, for starting in verse 3, If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. And, and so again, you know, throughout the New Testament, we see this principle of self-examination and, and looking at ourselves uh, to see if we are, are who we should be, who God wants us to be. And... You know, I think when we read these passages a lot of times, um, we can get just hung up on what we're doing, right? Am I doing the right things? Am I, am I staying away from the wrong things? And that's perfectly what that is. But uh, part of self-examination, I think, especially, you know, as we mature as Christians and, and as we grow, uh, part of this is to think a little deeper about, uh, about things. Um, you know... Go, go deeper than the actual actions, what am I doing or not doing, and, and think about what our motivations are. Think about what our thoughts have been. What are the things that have been going through our head? Examine those things. Um, and, you know, again, look deeper, look past just what we're doing. That, that of course, needs to be in line with God's will. But, but what are we thinking and, and what are our motivations behind what we're doing? And you know, I think as we examine ourselves, the, the goal is for us really to think about where we've been falling short. You know, it's good for us to think about where we've been succeeding. You know, that is a good thing and say that was, that was the right thing for me to do. I'm glad I did that. But this, this idea of self-examination, you know, pretty much every time you see it, it's looking to yourself to see what am I doing wrong? You know, where have I been falling short? And... You know, in thinking about our desires and temptation, self-examination or looking at ourselves for that would be thinking about what has been tempting me lately uh, or where have I failed lately? You know, what sin have I committed against God lately? How, what tempted me to do that sin and what desire did I have that caused that to even be a temptation for me? And, and that's the kind of things that... Uh, I want us to be thinking about and, and, and considering uh, when we examine ourselves. Uh, again, this, this deeper level of, of looking at the root of the cause, I guess, is one way to, to think about it. And that's what James is describing there in chapter 1 about our desires are the root of our temptation and, and of, of our sin. Um. You know, our temptations or our desires, I would say, are something that uh, change over time, right? I'm not tempted by the same things. I don't have the same desires that I did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It's something that, that changes over time. So again, that's the importance of regularly examining ourselves. The devil's constantly at work. He, he knows our weaknesses and preys on that. And, and again, our desires evolve or change over time. And so we have to be constantly checking those uh, to be sure that they are uh, in place and be sure that they are what they're supposed to be. Look at uh, 1 John 2.16. In thinking about our desires and thinking about temptation... John here in, in uh, 1 John 2, <clears throat> start in verse 15, um, and again, along, along the lines of, of our desires, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, so John, this is again a passage that we've heard probably many times. Uh, you get these, if you want to call them categories or, or whatever you want to call them, you get these three groups here of things of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And generally, you know, our desires, our temptations are going to fall in one of those three realms. Uh, sometimes they overlap or are kind of blended together, but generally... Our temptations, which comes from our desires, which goes all the way back to our love for the world, uh, will come, uh, you know, will fall into those three realms. And, you know, that's why we have uh, passages, you know, like Galatians uh, 5, the fruits of the Spirit versus the, uh, the fleshly things. You know, again, it's the things of the world put in opposition to the things of the Spirit. And so... You know, the constant encouragement and, and the constant commandment and the, the thing that God is trying to, to get across to us throughout the New Testament is replacing these fleshly things with the spiritual things, replacing fleshly desires with spiritual desires, um, replacing the love of the world with our love for God. And we talked about at the beginning that, that our desires are something we have control over. And that, that's why God is telling us over and over again in the New Testament to change those desires from worldly to spiritual. Um, you know, if, if our desire, let's, let's talk about these three things uh, just a little bit. The lust of the flesh. If our desire for, is our desire for fleshly things leading us to temptation? That could be a question we would ask ourselves as we examine ourselves. Is my desire for fleshly things leading me to temptation? Is that what is causing me to sin or to be tempted? You know, these fleshly things uh, can be uh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. You know, have I been thinking on these things and desiring them? above the spiritual things do my activities what i watch on tv what i read on my phone or the music i listen to uh does that expose me to these type of fleshly things and and in doing that does that bend my desires or slowly sway my desires in that direction i think at least with myself that can happen you know, if, if I'm constantly surrounding myself or letting that stuff uh, be around me or exposing myself to that, it's going to increase the likelihood that I'll be desiring those things or thinking those things uh, and moving in that direction, which is not what I want and not what any of us should want. You know, if, if we examine ourselves and see that, that we are struggling, if we are being tempted in those fleshly realms... Uh, then we need to remove those things that are causing us to, to think in that direction or that are pushing us in that, in that way. And we need to replace them and focus you know, our desires on the, on the right spiritual things that God tells us to. And, and as we do that, the temptations in that area will subside because we won't be wanting them anymore. All right, the second one uh, that, that is mentioned there in 1 John was the pride of life. 
and so in thinking about examining myself and, and us, you know, you examining yourself uh, about your desires and about your temptations and about what you have struggled in and, and fallen short in, is pride where I have been failing. Uh, there's plenty of warnings in the Bible against pride. Uh, Isaiah, we'll look at just a few of them. Like I said, it's a whole gamut of those. Uh, Isaiah chapter 2. This is the Old Testament, just a warning against that. Verse 12 says, For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Uh, same thing in verse chapter 23, verse 9. The Lord of hosts has purposed it, purposed it to bring to dishonor the pride of all glory, to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth. Uh, in James 4 and verse 6. <clears throat> but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives uh, grace to the humble. Philippians 2, 3. Again, all in line of, of thinking about pride and is that where we have been falling short. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Um, and so some questions in thinking about, uh, about pride and the warnings against pride and examining ourselves to see if that's where we've been falling short, you know, there, there are some questions that I could think of to ask myself. Uh, is my desire to always be right at all costs. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually right, but I'm talking about in, in you know, I guess in discussions or, or events with others. Is my desire to always be right at all costs instead of allowing myself to be defrauded? Think about what uh, Paul tells the brethren there in Corinth. Uh, you know, they were going to law against each other. They wanted to be right uh, and justified instead of just allowing themselves to be def defrauded. And so, again, if that's my desire to always be right at all costs uh, in matters like that, you know, that's not going to be uh, what it should be, and I'm going to be tempted to, to do things that I shouldn't. Do I look down on others instead of looking at how I could help and encourage them? You know, that's a question to, to ask. If, if I do, then it, it could very well go back to pride, right? If I, if I look down on others all the time uh, as worse off than me or, or not as good as me, instead of looking of how I could help to lift someone up or encourage someone, again, I think that could come back to uh, pride. And, and you know, by, by having that desire to be better than someone else, uh, 
like that, it's going to lead to temptations and, and attitudes that God doesn't want me to have. <coughs> Do I let success in my life lead me into to prideful attitudes? Uh, when things are going good in my life, you know, is my attitude toward the other a prideful attitude? Is it, is it something that would not be in line with, with what God wants? Uh, one other question I, I thought of uh, that is kind of a gauge sometimes, and I, I feel like you can see this sometimes in, in dealing with other people, but is it easy or hard for me to say thank you when someone helps me out? Uh, you know, someone who may be struggling with pride or, or uh, whose desire is to be better than someone else is going to have a harder time saying thank you when someone has helped them out. Uh, and, and so, again, these are just questions for us to ask ourselves as we examine our, our thoughts and our intents and our motivations behind why we're doing what we're doing uh, each and every day. You know, pride really, and I think this is, this is one of the main reasons that God abhors it, is that it results in us relying on our own way and not on God's way. We quit looking to Him and we, we look to ourselves uh, for what to do. Um, Galatians chapter 6 in verse 20 uh, makes me think about, uh, you know, these are some of the sins that result from pride. I guess pride in and of itself would be a sin, but they're, they're things that, you know, result from pride that are, that are definitely labeled as sin also. Uh, Galatians you're going to have a hard time looking for chapter 6, verse 20. Look at 520. Um, these are the works of the flesh. And, and look at, at some of those things that are listed there. Um, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. You know, all those things would really stem from being prideful. Um, verse 26 talks about... Uh, becoming conceited and provoking one another. You know, this, again, if these are things that we have failed in, if these are things that I have failed in at different times, I need to look back to what the root of that is. And, and if it's uh, pride or haughtiness or, or you know, uh, the pride of life, then I need to change that. And I need to, to correct that desire to always... Uh, be right or better uh, than someone else and I need to adopt this lowly attitude and this humble attitude uh, that God tells us we are to have. Let's see. Um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 16 is another passage. I don't think we read that a second ago. Okay, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Uh, again, you know, over and over again, these admonitions and ex exhortations for us as Christians to not be proud, but to rather be willing to associate with the humble, to be humble, uh, and to follow the example of our Savior in doing that, uh, because He was the humble and lowly uh, servant of God that we're supposed to be. All right, uh, the third one uh, there mentioned in 1 John, again, thinking about desires, is the lust of the eyes. Uh, do I let the things of this life 
pull me away from God? Is that why I'm tempted? Uh, because I'm seeing things in this world that I want, and that's pulling me away from God. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I did a lesson a while back about covetousness, and, and this falls under that realm. Ephesians chapter 5, if you want to turn there to Ephesians chapter 5, and starting in verse 4. We'll start in verse 3. It says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And so, again, thinking about our desires and the lust of the eyes uh, and the covetousness that is warned against and commanded uh, against for us as Christians, I think we have to examine ourselves and be sure that's not something that is getting us. Um, and again, think on a deeper level about this. Don't just think about, am I wanting the nice car that I see somebody driving? Think about why... Am I doing something that is pulling me away from God? There, there are several ways that this can happen. A lot of times I think it can be very subtle, uh, at least for myself. You know, work is something that could fall into this realm. Um, you know, am I letting work or the allure of wanting worldly, pre worldly possessions keep me from spiritual things? Or is it taking away from uh, things that I could be doing spiritually? Uh, you know, and I, again, I think this can happen very subtly because I don't think anybody in here is really uh, out to make every dollar we can at all costs. No matter what, my goal is to get every dollar I can. You know, I don't think anybody in the room really has that uh, as their desire. Um, it's more, really, I think, of wanting to do a good job in what we're doing and wanting to, uh, you know, whatever my hand finds to do, do it with might. Wanting to be... Uh, good at what I do and successful at what I do and and the way that that works is the better you are at what you do the more you're going to have to do that's just the nature of how stuff happens and so you have to learn to, to check that and balance that and and basically not let it overcome your life to the point that you're sacrificing things spiritually uh, because you know again that is that's something that I've I've had to check my cell phone and, and back away from at times. And again, it's not that I'm wanting to make every dollar out there. It's not that I'm wanting to make more money to go necessarily buy something nice. It's just I want to do a good job. I want to, to work hard at what I'm doing. And, and the way the world works is the better you do at that, the more stuff is going to come. More opportunity uh, will come to you. And so whether it's learning to say no or, or learning how to balance those things in the right way, we have to, to examine ourselves and be sure that we're not letting the lusts of our eyes or the things of this world or covetousness be a motivating factor and that we're, we're, we're keeping the spiritual focus that God wants us to keep. You know, another way that that, that can happen in, um, is not... 
It's not setting your sight on something nice that you're wanting to buy and focusing all your work on that so you can obtain that thing. Uh, another way that I have, have seen that happen in my life is by just slowly getting more and more bills. You know, you, get, you take on a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and so you get a little pressure added at a little bit at a time, and before you know it, to meet that pressure and to pay those bills, you're having to push the limits of working too much and doing too much and sacrificing things spiritually. And again, I don't think that this ever really sets out or starts out as a desire to just get as much as I can. You know, it's just more of a, a subtle thing that, okay, I've, I've taken on a little too much here and, and now uh, I'm having to give up some things spiritually that I shouldn't be. You know, when we see that happening to ourselves, we have to, to learn to replace our desires, again, with what we saw Jesus saying at the beginning. Seeking His kingdom first and, and God's righteousness first and let that be uh, what we have our sight set on and what we have tunnel vision on and, and these other things of the world, uh, we don't need to be desiring those things. And, and if we can do that, the better we are at doing that, uh, the better we'll be able to overcome uh, those temptations. You know, really our work is supposed to be to provide the basic needs for our family and so that we have something to share with others. That's, that's what the scripture tells us uh, should be the motivation behind our work. You know, and, and so change our desires from wanting worldly things to wanting just to provide for our family and, and to have something to share with others. You know, and, and in doing that, we will be changing our desires to be focused on heavenly things and spiritual things. And, and that's what this whole lesson has been about. Um, one other thought I had in thinking about, um, and I'm not sure exactly if this one falls under lust of the eyes or, or where it would fall under, but, you know, um, the idea of putting something of this world ahead of something spiritual, that could even come all the way back uh, to family and, and to friends and those type relationships. Um, you know, God expects us to have or wants us to have uh, good family relationships and, and friends on this earth. Those relationships are something He has given us uh, with our brethren and with our, you know, blood family. Uh, but He also tells us what? That our desire has to be for Him first. Uh, he, he is plain about that. And, and so uh, our desires to make our family happy or to give our family more things and, and provide these great things for our family, uh, if, if we're doing that instead of focused on the spiritual things, then again, we need to, to check that and, and put that... Uh, away and change that motivation to be uh, in line with what he wants us to be. Again, the conclusion to all this is to be sure we're seeking first the kingdom of God. If our desires are for that, uh, then you know we're not going to be tempted by the things of the world. We're not going to be lured away by the things of the world. Um, and so, I guess in 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 conclusion, as we examine ourselves and as we think about and again look, try to look a level or two deeper than, than just on the surface and, and think about where 
you have failed. I think about where I have failed and what led to that failure, what desires I had that caused me to fail. Why was I even wanting to go in that direction uh, and, and, and try to change what the root of the problem was and, and we'll be all better off spiritually if we do that. Uh, we have to filter every decision we make, everything we do uh, must be filtered through uh, seeking God's kingdom first and wanting to do His will first. That's uh, pretty much the lesson I had. I hope that a little something helpful to think about and, and be reminded of. Nothing uh, new or earth-shattering there. Just kind of hoping to be practical stuff for us to to refresh our minds and, and be able to reflect upon and think about uh, have we been doing that and, and can we do that uh, better than we have done in the past? haven't really talked uh, anything at all about the plan of salvation or, or what God's Word teaches about that, but we always offer the opportunity each time we're together for anyone who, who understands uh, that He is a sinner and understands that without forgiveness uh, from God, you know, that there's eternal punishment promised. Uh, and, and understands that that forgiveness comes through Jesus' blood and through be bar- being buried in baptism and coming up a new man, uh, being washed in His blood and coming up cleansed from sin uh, and devoted to, to desiring God's will and desiring spiritual things over earthly things. And we offer that opportunity for anyone who understands that and wants to do that who has never done that. And we also offer the opportunity for anyone who... Um, maybe has been struggling with the things of the world or has had the wrong desires and needs the help of the congregation here, the prayers of each other uh, to, to help strengthen and support each other. We, we certainly are here to help and willing to, to help you in any way that we can. Uh, just let that be known as we stand and sing. <laughs>